You need people like me. Matthew Clyde Kader! You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers. And say, that's the bad guy. Matthew Klein Kader. I'm a fucking lion. Ultimate entertainment competition. You want to say you're a fighter? Come find Cater's the pinnacle of excellence. I am the God. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Matthew Concater Podcast. This is your host, the one, the only, Matthew Klein Cater. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I hope that uh, you're having a great Monday here. Uh, I had a very beautiful weekend myself. I was out. You know what I do. I'm chilling. Um, my wife's pregnant. I'm at the house. I'm by the pool. I'm barbecuing. And that's when on the weekends is usually when I take a break from my, uh, my usual diet. And I'll eat whatever I want. So just lounging, have a good time. And it felt good, man. It felt good. And it's great to be back at, in the office today. I love working. I love what I do. And I'm addicted to this. And I hope that you guys are the same way. I hope that you're setting goals and you're working slowly but surely to attain those goals. And it's all about consistency. If you work somewhere and you just work and you do it for a paycheck to pay your rent, you're living your life completely wrong. Your life should have substance and should have fulfillment. You should all be doing something that you love. Don't do anything for a paycheck. If you're doing that right now, quit. Quit. If you have to live in your car to figure it out, whatever you have to do to do your passion, and I guarantee you when you start doing your passion, you will be so successful, you will be so happy, and I can assure you, your life will completely change. One day we'll talk about these things. We'll talk about my life and how I got to where I am and where I started from. And I would love to talk to you guys about this guy. That's another podcast in itself. We're going to talk about it. I'm so happy I started this podcast. And, you know, I, I, I'm really looking forward to, you know, in two weeks we're going to talk about artificial intelligence. This podcast is going to be so enlightening to you guys because I'm going to break all these walls that nobody wants to talk about the facts about what's going on with this health bullshit that's going to continuously happen. These lockdowns are going to continuously happen. The United States is going to get destroyed. They're trying to destroy it. That's not what I want. I'm just telling you what's going to happen and no one's going to stop it. That's what they're going to do. So can't wait to talk about that. We're going to talk about it in two weeks. But today let's talk about something fun. This might be my favorite podcast of all time. Because I'm going to get to relive my party life. This is episode number four. Matthew Klein Cater's party life. And we're going to talk about, we're going to get to the point of talk about my craziest and best 
Vegas trip of all time that the hangovers combined don't even come close to it. The hangover movies that is. But I want to start from the very beginning from 16 year old Matthew Klein Cater. And when I was 16, that's when it all began. The party life began at that time. And why 16? Because 16, I got my license, I got my car, and I got a lot of more freedom than I did before. Now I don't have to worry about mommy and daddy dropping me anywhere. Now I can get in the car and go where I want to go. And we'll talk about my high school life in another episode and the girls. and That's another episode in itself. But this podcast is going to be specifically for and about my parties. And so when I was 16, we were going, like all my friends, they would have, someone's going to have a house party or a friend of a friend from another high school's having a house party. So there was always something going on. Every Friday, Saturday, house party, 100%. And, you know, sometimes maybe if it wasn't going off, we'll go do something different. But most of the time, it's, it's house parties. So, um... So we were going to these house parties and I was like, you know, of course there's alcohol there and I'm, I'm sure you guys have experienced that, some of you and your, you know, your friends, you know, when you go to a house party, they got liquor there and all this stuff. And I, my parents were very good parents where they would teach me right and wrong and then trust me that I'm gonna make the right decision. So there's like two types of parents. The parents like I have, which are gonna be pretty loose and allow you to, you know, go out and do, you know, what you wanna do and allow you if you fuck up, they're gonna tell you the pros and cons and allow you to make the decision. And there's other parents that will say, no, you cannot go out, no, you cannot go here, you cannot do this. And those kids usually, usually be the, are ending up being the worst of the worst because they're always told what to do, so then they go and rebel. So my parents trusted me, and I didn't ever want to break their trust. So when I go to parties, there's, there's alcohol there, people are smoking weed, and I, first of all, I hate fucking weed. I hate it today. I don't want, like smoking. I never like smoking. I hate the smell of it. Um, alcohol, I never drank when I was younger than 21. When I turned 21, I started drinking. But when I was 16, I did not drink. Even though I was going to all these parties and everyone's drinking and smoking weed, I did not get influenced by it because my parents trusted me. They educated me on what would happen if I did those things and I made the right decision and I didn't do it. So, um, so yeah, so that's what would be going on at these parties, you know, people hooking up, just, you know, typical shit. I'm sure some of you guys know what I'm talking about here. And one day I asked my mom and dad, I'm like, you know, we had a nice house. Um, we had a big backyard. We had a built-in jacuzzi in there. And I'm like, man, I want to have a party in my house. Like, this would be fucking cracking just in the backyard, you know, just we're going to have a party in the backyard. And so I'm like, ask my mom's, mom and dad, I'm like, can I have a party in the backyard? And my dad was actually more uh, loose about things like that. My mom was more strict. And my, well, I talked to both of them. And they were like, yeah, my dad was like, yeah, I can. And my mom's like, 
well, how many people are going to be here? And I'm like, not that many, maybe 15, 20, which was a lie. Like, I, was, I knew that whole backyard was going to be filled with like 50 to 100 people. And uh, so I, I talked to him. Like, so what did she's like? What are you guys doing? Like, Nothing, just chilling and play some music. So I got them to agree to let me have the party. And I left out the part that there's going to be weed there and alcohol. Um, and I don't know, I was kind of naive thinking, I'm going to tell them to stay in the house. And I, I said, stay in the house. I'm going to close the blinds. Don't come outside. So I thought they're not going to know, which was pretty stupid. So, um, so I, you know, tell my friends, hey, I'm having a party Friday night. You're invited. And you know how it goes, and everyone starts telling everyone that I'm having a party. And I knew it was going to be a big fucking deal. So, um, I was well known in high school, and so, you know, I was like, eh, it's going to be a fuckload of people coming, but um, let's see how it goes. But I was super fucking excited. And um, so, Friday night comes around, Just a couple of my friends come in, we got five, seven people there. And my buddy calls me and he, before he got there and he's like, hey, can I bring the cake? I'm like, yeah, bring the cake. I don't give a fuck. So he comes in with the cake and I swear to God, 10 minutes in. And my dad, we're, I'm going to talk about my dad. I'm going to talk about a whole podcast for my dad. My dad was the fucking best dad in the world. He's fucking down to earth. Everybody loved my dad. And my dad's too much of a big mouth to be sitting in the house. I don't even know why I even thought he's going to sit in the house. Ten minutes in, he's already in the backyard. <laughs> and he starts talking to my friends. And my dad's a big jokester. My dad was a drinker. And he's like, he might have had already a couple shots in him himself. Um, he's in the backyard and he's like, oh, you're drinking? I'm like, I'm not drinking. And, you know, like I say, he, as, he's a drinker, but he's, you know, he was big on, against me from doing it and I still didn't do it and I said I'm not drinking my friends are drinking and he's like you can't your friends can't and he at the same time he's he doesn't want to be encouraging underage drinking he's telling me not to drink so he doesn't want these kids to drink so he's like come I'm like all right let's go inside he's like tell me he's like you cannot have these kids in this house and they can't be drinking I'm gonna get in trouble like this is not this is illegal and my mom then when my mom here oh now oh hell's break you cannot have these people drinking what are you doing blah, blah, blah. start going crazy and I'm like dude listen I'm not drinking they are drinking I go to house parties every weekend there's alcohol there there's people smoking weed. I'm not doing it. That's what you're concerned about, right? So let us have the party. I'm not touching it. Please do not ruin this. Because if I got to get my party canceled because my mommy and daddy are not going to allow drinking, my street cred would have been damaged. And because, like I said, I was very well known. And I'm this party, like, you know, I'm always going to party. And I said, oh, his mom and dad broke it up. So that would have looked bad on me. But... And I, I want to have a house party at my house. So I finally got them to agree. They let me have the party. And like, you know, this is about 9, this was about 9.30. Uh, like we're back in, we're chilling. Of course, my dad's out there talking to everyone, joking around. That was my dad. He's a cool dad. My mom in the opposite. She's reclusive in the house. Um, so 
we're sitting, I'm sitting with my friends and, you know, fucking around. Next thing we know, it's 10 o'clock and another 30, 40 people came in. So we got like 50, 60 people in, the, in my backyard. So it's like, you know, now it's 10.30, got another 20 or 30 people coming in. And it's all like mostly people I know or they're friends of friends from other high schools. So like everybody knows everyone that's there. And then suddenly I'm like, dude, there's too many people here and too many dudes. I told my brother, my brother was fourth, uh, no, yeah, uh, he was, no. My, bro my middle brother was 12 at the time. And then my, that would make my other brother eight. So they were there. I think one of my cousins was there. I don't know. And so I told him, I was like, you guys go by the gate on the back side of the house by the front gate. Do not let anyone in here only allow girls. And I don't care if they ask for me. They say they know me. I don't care. Do not let them in here. So like, all right. So they did a good job. They weren't allowing anyone in. And then people were trying to call me and this was, a, this was a time where cell phones weren't as common. So I was one of the only people with the cell phone. I was only like the elite of the elite had cell phones that time. So people are trying to call me and then telling my brothers, hey, I'm trying to call your brother. Can you tell him to pick up his phone? I'm like, no. Nah. He, he, they're like, no. He said he, no dudes coming in. And he, they were letting all these girls come in. So I was like, perfect ratio after that. So we're partying, like I said, I, I didn't drink anything, I didn't smoke anything, and I hate weed, I, I never liked weed, I don't smoke it today, I fucking hate the smell of it, it makes you lose brain cells, I'm 100% always been against it, and my friends always try to get me to smoke it, when I was in high school, all the time, come on man, hit this thing, I did it like once or twice, and I said, dude, I hate this shit, I don't know how you guys smoke this crap, and then with the drinking too, they try to get me drink, I'm like, dude, my dad said, I fucking had to talk them into letting me have this part. I'm like, I'm not fucking drinking. And they fell back because they're like all drinking my house and I'm not drinking with them. And I'm like, sorry, dude, that's one thing I cannot do. I was like, I told my mom and dad I'm not going to do that. And I kept my word because, you know, they trust me and they educated me on the pros and cons of drinking and smoking and all these things. So I made the, the right decision to not do it. And it was a good time, you know, everyone's having fun, having the music. And after the end of the night, it was about 12, 31 o'clock, I had to end the party around that time and kick everybody out and I had some time to hang out with these girls in the jacuzzi. And man, 16 year old, that's pretty fucking boss. So that was like my first actual uh, personal party that I threw at my house that I can actually remember because I'd go a lot of house parties that suck they suck so bad I can't even share the stories because there was nothing memorable but that night of me having that party at my house is very memorable to me and it's very vivid and it was one of the best parties my first best party of all time so moving along from there um, I did the same type of thing, house party. I maybe I had one more party, believe it or not, at my house again after that. And then after that, I just go to like other people's house parties until I fucking finally turned 21. That's when it really, the nightclub and nightlife parties, that 
was you know the next stage in my life I was ready for it I was so done with house parties by that by but you know from 16 till 20 right before I turned 20 I was so over I was like too much house party bullshit um, so I turned 21 and when I turned 21 this was actually a pretty memorable night on my 21st birthday <laughs> so believe it or not I did not go to a nightclub on my 21st birthday um, so at this time my my dad died two weeks before my 21st birthday so take that take that in consideration I was not in the right place in my mind at the time not a really good time to be 20 turning 21 with what was going on in my life um, but so I was living somewhere else and I had these neighbors there were these uh, two girls they just lived right next to me and they're about the same age I would say yeah 1920 maybe the 21 too around the same uh, same age group and I was like, I had seen him maybe a day or two before my birthday. And I was like, yeah, it's my birthday on Friday. I'm turning 21. And like, oh, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. And I was like, I have no idea. And at that point, I wasn't really hanging out with my high school friends. I was kind of like, you guys are losers because, like, they're kind of doing the same shit and I'm trying to evolve I'm trying to be different than them you know and it's like they're still thinking about doing house parties and still hanging out with the same people like come on grow change you know that's what life's all about change and sometimes people don't like change but you gotta move with the times and so um, so where was I going out with this yeah so, okay, so these girls were like, yeah, so what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. They're like, come over to our house. We'll have some people over and we could, you know, have some fun, have some shots and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, I don't got shit to do. So um, so I went over to their house Friday night. My, my, we did a little celebration at my house with my mom, my brothers. My mom got me a cake, just something little. I think we even probably went to dinner, I don't remember. But that's like a traditional thing we always did in our family, go to dinner. And then I came home and then I went over to these, the, my neighbor's house, these girls. And that was a pretty cool night because I met my best friend at the, that night. One of her uh, friends, uh, this guy's name's Ryan. And I met Ryan and we started talking, we kind of hit it off, I got his number. Now this guy's my best friend, known him all these years. And um, so we were playing like this drinking game. And I don't remember the name of the game, but how it works is it's like with a coin. I um, mean you throw the coin into like an ice tray, uh, into an ice tray. Oh man, I don't remember the name. But So we're playing this drinking game. And I kept losing. So every time you lose, you got to take a shot. We're taking shots of tequila. And please take this in consideration. I did not drink until my 21st birthday. I kept that oath to my mom and dad until I was 21. And that's when I started drinking. So I'm drinking tequila as a first-time drinker and not even understanding what like you know about 
watching how much liquor you drink because you're gonna fucking you could kill yourself if you keep drinking and especially drinking a liquor like that so I'm drinking this shit and I keep losing I'm keep taking these shots and I got so fucked up to make a long story short I was so fucked up after that that they had to call 911 because I was throwing up and I literally thought I was gonna die and I don't know about you guys but for a first time um, getting drunk and not knowing that feeling of being drunk you and drinking tequila one of the hardest liquors and drinking it like non-stop like it's water like we're talking I don't even know how many shots guys like a lot like at least 10 15 maybe more um, and dude I was in a, in a very short amount of time so I literally dude I'm telling you thought I was gonna die so that was the funniest you know stories because my my buddy Ryan he still fucking tries to clown on me for that experience about how fucked up I got the first time. <laughs> but it's funny because it forged such a great relationship with me and him, you know. And like I said, I had just met him. That was the first time I met Ryan. Um, so that was my when I first turned 21. It's a pretty funny, memorable story. After that... So I started, I met this girl and I used to go out with her all the time and I was dating her like, so I turned 21 in November and I met her in February, uh, her name was Heather and I was dating her, for, I dated her for years, I thought I was going to marry this chick and I was like with her for a long time and it was like toxic relationship because all we would do is party and I this was getting fucked up like all the time when I say fucked up all the time we were going out every single night of the week okay Monday was like this place called Cantina in Newport Beach Tuesday was Taco Tuesday in uh, Mission Viejo this place on the lake it was a restaurant on the lake Wednesday was uh, back in Newport Thursday um, we go to Main Street, Huntington Beach. Friday, depends where it is, we're going to sometimes this club in uh, Long Beach. Saturday was, again, we got so many options, it's Saturday night. Sunday was back on the beach because it's Sunday fun day. And dude, non-stop. So like I said, I was dating this chick, but like I said, it was toxic because I'm not like I like her a lot but I don't want to be in a committed relationship so I'm with her one weekend I'm not the next so I was not in a fucking I want to be in a serious relationship type of thing but at the same time like I said I was fucked up because my dad had just died you know months before this and it fucked me up for a couple years and like I want a girlfriend but I didn't you know so if my dad was alive I wouldn't have never even dated that bitch you know I would have just been single the whole time but um yeah so I was just dude getting fucked up every night of the week for a couple years like that and then finally I got to the point I'm like man I'm fucking partying all the time like let me try to make some money out of this thing you know cause 
really, if you guys, you know, you guys are going to learn this about me. I'm a hustler, man. Like, if it don't make money, it don't make sense. That's why going back to that Cody Garbrandt thing, I was like, yeah, I'll fight you, bro. But I want to make some money out of this because you're wasting my fucking time. Me talking about you is wasting my time. So if you're not making me money, you're a waste of time. Fight me and shut the fuck up. And let, fight me right now so I can get it over with. If we're going to prolong this thing, let's make money out of it. That's how my mind works, right? So partying every night got old and I'm talking about from 21 so 24 25 so about four or five years okay I was partying like that non-stop so about four years later I wanted to you know try to monetize this my love for partying so I looked into promoting um, for nightclubs so I, was, I just, you know, at, the, at this time, MySpace was going on. That was the social media platform. I don't know how many of you guys remember MySpace. I'm sure a lot of you do. Um, but that was a go-to platform. And I would, you know, I had these guys that I was friends with. Not friends, friends, but they were on my friends list on my MySpace. And I'd see them promoting nightclub. I'm like, how the fuck are they making money off of it? So like I said, I did my research. And... I went to I, I went to nightclubs and guys there's no like book on how to be a nightclub promoter. You gotta do your research, you gotta see what the competition is doing, and then you gotta go talk to the nightclub owners. You have to have a go-get-it attitude. You cannot wait for things to happen to you. You have to go and get it. And after learning how the nightclub business works, which you have to do the work, you have to promote, you have to, for example, pass out flyers, do social media campaigns, and tell your friends, and have enough of a following that you can get people into the nightclub, and that the nightclub knows you sent these people. And that's when you become valuable to the nightclub. So when I went to the nightclub, they were trying to tell me, oh, we'll pay you per per head, which means they'll give me like a percentage of the amount of people that come in and pay a cover charge. I would get a percentage of that. Or they just give you a flat, say they charge like 20 bucks uh, a, a person or 30 bucks a head, whatever. They would then give you like five bucks a head. Head means per person. So... So I was like, eh, no, I'm not feeling that. Uh, I want to do a fucking full-on night, and I will blow this place up. And I said, I want, I negotiate a percentage of the bar, so and a percentage of um, the entry fee. So how it works is that, say, if the the nightclub would have to hit a quota. For example, I don't know, 10000 And then after that, I would get like uh, 15%, 20%. Depends on what I negotiated. Um, so usually, like the nightclubs, that would be like a slow night. But let's say the nightclub does 20, 30 grand. So, so let's say it's 15%. If it's 20,000, 15%. Uh, would be like 2500 bucks, okay? So that would be for just the night, promoting the night. So that would be like the typical thing. So I got a deal with this nightclub. It was in, uh, it's in Orange County, California, 
called Costa, uh, sorry, Sutra. It's in Costa Mesa, California. And it was one of the biggest nightclubs in Orange County. So I got this deal with them. And I, 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 the thing was, I wanted to do business, but I wanted to party. And this is the one thing I'm going to tell you guys, if you ever get in this industry, or any industry that has alcohol involved in it, you cannot be drinking. You cannot do, like, you cannot be doing business and getting drunk at the same time, okay? And I used to party, like, I'm just getting drunk all the time, getting fucked up. And now, because, like, I'm an adult, I was basically acting like a kid. When you're, like, in that age, you're, you're a kid, right? And... But if you're trying to do business, you cannot act like a kid. You got to be a professional. You got to go in there, do business. And then after the business is done, you can get fucked up. But I was promoting the club, the night at the club. And, I, and I'm over here. I have bottles. They give you free bottle service when you're a nightclub promoter. So I have my own table there. I'm getting, I have these bitches around me. I'm getting fucked up. And as a promoter, you're supposed to be there, you know, making sure... Your guests, the people you have invited to come to your nightclub because essentially it's your nightclub for the night. Okay, because you promote an event. So what you do is you have your, you, you, I booked a DJ. I promoted, let people know, do marketing campaigns. Then they show up to the nightclub and I got to make sure they have a good time. I got to make sure the DJ is doing a good job. I got to make sure the night, the people that work for the nightclub, the bouncers, they're doing a good job. People are happy because that's going to be a reflection of my promotion and my event. So people can leave that nightclub and that night and be like, man, I had a great time. But instead of me doing that, I did not give a fuck. And I'm sitting there getting fucked up out of, out of my mind. And I'm doing blow. I was a big time uh, into coke. Big time cokehead. That's what I fucking like to do. So I was doing blow and I'm drinking and that was my thing all day the, the and so like there's a shit i was doing but i was like doing the nights were so good that i still had my my connections with the nightclubs but it got to the point because i did it so much that i'm kind of ruining my name not with my with the um with the people that are coming but with the like the owners of, of that nightclub they didn't like how i was you know acting so it didn't come to the point that they said leave. I just would say, I just would feel that bad energy. Like they weren't happy, but they weren't, they didn't want me to leave. But at the same time, they didn't like me doing that. So I was like, you know, fuck you. I'm out of here. So I had a big fuck you attitude. It was bad. I was doing bad business. I take responsibility, responsibility of my actions. When I do something wrong, I'm man enough to admit it. And I was wrong in that point, in that point in my life. And so, like I said, I would just, I would just be like, okay, I'm going to go to the next nightclub. So then I would go to Hollywood. Then I went to Hollywood. I was promoting a nightclub out there. And I was, there was times like I was supposed to go to the nightclub. And I would say like, you know, I lived in Orange County. Okay. So. I'll be like, oh, I don't want to drive. It's like an hour, and a half, hour maybe to an hour and a half to go to LA from OC. So I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go. We're gonna stay home. We'll tell my friends and some girls come over, party over there, doing lines off these bitches, off their doing body shots, doing crazy shit just from my fucking house. And 
So, um, and then my buddies that uh, were working for me and that uh, were promoting the night, like working for me when I was promoting the nights at the nightclub, they'd be calling me, Matt, where are you at? We need to do this, this, this. I'm like, nah, I ain't coming. And then they'd be like, oh, well, this so-and-so needs this. That you told me you're going to do that. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. And I'd hang up on them. And it's just like, you know what? The people that know me, they know like the stuff that I was doing on social media when I was attacking these, you know, fighters and stuff. At, at the same time, it was like an entertainment aspect. I'm just being myself, but I'm being a little bit outrageous. But at the end of the day, the people that know me, you know I'm a good person. And it's all fun and games, but like I was a bad person at that time. Like when that, in my parting days, I was a bad dude. I would just treat people like shit. And that's not a good way to be. If I went back, I would be a whole different person. Because I'm just much more mature now. And I've been through a lot. And if I if I was doing that business again, I'd probably own a nightclub. Okay? Because that's how good I am at what I do. But I was like self-sabotaging myself. So, um, so yeah. So that's like what I would do in, in OC in LA. And it got to the point that it was just I was just getting too fucked up to even do the the nightclub promotion. So I just slowly got over and I just I'm not doing it. I just stopped doing it because I rather party than go do business. That's how much of an idiot I was. So don't be that idiot. It's good to party, but I should have had a balance in between it so I should have partied done business and then party after I could have totally done that but you know you live and learn I'm doing great now alright guys I got to take a time out real quick because I forgot to mention this in the beginning of the podcast but I'm getting a lot of inquiries um, in regards to nutritional advice and one of the most common questions I've been getting lately is Hey Matt, what should I do if I want to lose weight and I'm also having some issues with my energy levels? Because this is a problem when people try to lose weight. Some people understand this, some of you may not, so let me explain this. When you go on a, and you're like, say you got to lose 20, 30 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever it is, the hardest thing to do is to cut out carbs but that's what needs to be done to accelerate that fat loss now I'm gonna suggest products for you but if you're not doing your workouts and you're not eating the right way nothing's gonna help you I could give you the best strongest steroid in the world inject it in your ass and that ain't gonna help you either okay people think there's some magic like way to get results that's wrong. It's 100% wrong. I guarantee you, okay? It's a science and you got to you got to understand that. Supplements, diet, nutrition, workouts, all of it goes hand in hand, okay? You can't get any results with all of those factors. Now, when you start cutting out your carbs, you're going to be tired, okay? So, you're going to have to elevate your caffeine which is what I do and there's a product by Rock Hard Body it's called Boost and Boost is an amazing product it's a fat burning thermogenic so what it does it's it raises your body temperature to allow you to sweat and burn fat 
and also at the same time it elevates your energy because it has a good amount of caffeine so you're gonna feel fresh you're gonna have focus and it's a very very good product I'm obsessed with it personally so the thing is for me and I suggest highly for you to do it for 30 days and cycle off for 30 days do not get addicted to it and do it every day or do it continuously because you could easily fall into that trap because it's such a good product but as long as you do 30 days you stay off 30 days and you can get back on the next 30 days you'll be fine but it's a really really good product I highly suggest it to anybody that's trying to lose weight that has low energy levels that um, wants wants to focus or needs help focusing because it also will help you with that you'll just like dial in like when I get on my computer and I got to get some work done I'll just dial in with it so it has a, a lot of benefits it's a natural formula the uh, base uh, part of it, it it has caffeine so um, highly suggest it go to rockcarbody.com use a promo code king you'll get a discount on your order and if you do this, if you order the product, send me a direct message on Instagram with your order number and I will get you on board with the Vegas bodybuilding team as an ambassador. I will get you your personal promo code to share with your friends. You will get discounts for all your orders and if you recommend people to purchase from me, then you're going to get paid on those orders on top of that. So it's a cool program and I'm going to send you a t-shirt, send you some free shit. I want to bring you guys on the team. I was thinking about a way of, you know, bringing you guys on board so we can kind of build like a unit here. So have you guys a part of the Vegas bodybuilding team. So like I said, order from rockarbar.com. Send me a message with your order number and we're going to get you as an official ambassador on Vegas bodybuilding team. Those nights, you know, we'd be, I'd just be back to partying again and we'd go down to Orange County. So my go-to place during the week was on Main Street in Huntington Beach, okay? This is in Orange County and, I, you know, there's a, like Tito Ortiz from there. I've been party with him a few times. I'm not like buddy buddy with him but I've party with him at these bars and shit so um, Chuck Liddell all the, some of these guys um, Rampage Jackson I actually hung out with him uh, a couple times we've gone out actually uh, even to Vegas so um, so that was like the go-to spot and I would sometimes go with one of my buddies uh, and We'd go out there and it would be so whack, like just the girls are so ugly. And the thing is like with the nightclubs in, in California, everything closes at 2 a.m. Everywhere shuts down at 2 o'clock because they cannot serve liquor past 2 a.m. So we would sometimes, man, I, and I would be like crazy about my hair. If you guys go see like my old pictures, my hair was crazy. I had a crazy mohawk. 
like a really long mohawk. I had a straight in it, put all this product in it, and it would take me, I swear to God, like an hour and a half to get ready, sometimes two hours. And I'd be in the bathroom, cutting up lines, doing blow, and I always have some girl over there messing around with her. And then when I'm done with her, I'd say, go home, I'm going out. And then so like, for instance, there was these times I would go with my buddy, we go to Main Street, and it'd just be so lame and just like, I'm over it. My friends, they always listen to me. If I say we're doing this, that's what we're going to do. I was a leader of the crew. They'll fucking tell you the same thing. And so my buddy that I was with, I was like, we're going to Vegas, dude. I'm, at, I'm going. And he'd be like, all right, let's go. So he would drive and I'd be drinking, grab a 40, get in a car, and we'd just be cruising, go to Vegas. So that's a four-hour drive. From Orange County to Vegas was a four-hour drive. So remember, I was living in Orange County at this time. And we get down to Vegas, like say we left, like we, this one time we left Main Street, it's like 11 p.m., 12 a.m. So we get to Vegas like at 4 a.m., okay? We get to four, at 4 a.m. to Vegas, and then we would go to this club. It's called Dre's After Hours. It's an after-hours nightclub, obviously. So they open like at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock usually around that time frame. And they're open till about 11 a.m. So we'd go there and then like I love going to Vegas in the summertime. So this was absolutely in the summertime. So we went for our, went to Dre's after hours, stay there till they close, and then right when they close, the pool party opens at 12. So then you just go to the fucking pool right after that. So it's like Vegas, non-stop. That's what I love partying in Vegas. It's always something going on. So nightclubs open at like 9, 9 p.m., close at uh, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, usually, sorry, 4 o'clock, or five because that's when the after hours open right when the nightclubs close and everyone goes to Dre's and at this time Dre's was uh now the the hotel that it's at it's called Cromwell it used to be Bill's Gambling Saloon so it was the same hotel but they revamped it it used to be kind of a gangster fucking hotel now it's a really nice hotel but anyway so we would go there party go to the pool party and then listen to this we wouldn't even stay the night cuz I'm fucking doing blow and then I got my boy doing blow and then we would come back to Orange County so it'd be a full 24 hour trip not even 24 hours we go to Dre's pool party come home and then be like fuck I want to go back and Vegas was just so fucking fun man so we would have trips like that was just like a one a 24 hour trip and it, I, I forgot to add this so and before we go, after we go to the pool park, we'd stop by the strip club. So, let me tell you guys about this. Because some guys are fucking weird about strip club. They think if you go to a strip club, you got to spend thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars. Dude, listen to me. If you guys are a fan of mine, you come to Vegas, I swear you hit me up. I will take you to the strip club for free. I'll get you in for free because I got the connections. And... We will go in there, have a free drink, and I will show you that I have never, ever in my life 
spent money on a lap dance. I've spent more money buying drinks than I've ever spent on a bitch buying a lap dance. Never. That ain't ever gonna happen. So a dude that's oh, I don't want to go to strip club, man. I don't want to lose all my money. Like, you're a bitch. You lose your money because you're a bitch. If you're a pimp, you're gonna get bitches on you and you're gonna go fuck them for free all day. Easy. So it's like all you gotta have is some game. Yeah, they're out there trying to make money, but if you look good and you carry yourself good, hey, when they get off work, they want to go have some fun. So that's that's my my philosophy on strip club. So don't get it twisted. When I say strip clubs, I don't spend no fucking money at no strip club. That's a fact, and you can ask any one of my friends that's gone with me to strip clubs. They know I'm adamant about not spending any money on lap dances or any of that bullshit. So remember, so we on this one trip we went to Dre, we went to pool party, we went to strip club on the way home, and I swear to God. This one, that, that one trip, when I went, I would meet these girls, hook up with them, and go home, and that's it. Like, every time I go to strip club, I meet some chick, and I go home with them. Go to their house, fuck, and just bounce. Like, it was, it's just like the crazy, those are just random trips. I haven't even told, we haven't even got to the main event, the best Vegas trip of all time. Those are just the normal 24-hour trip. So, we would do, like, planned trips every year like two to three times a year maybe more i'm probably way that's not even close to the amount of times i would go i would say probably in the summertime i'm going at least seven to ten times on planned trips where we would book hotels and all go me and my friends would all go together and um we would stay, we would get, we would leave on Thursday night. Oh man, this is bringing back so much memories. And the thing that sucks is with this coronavirus shit, even if I wanted to, I couldn't even recreate that. But, um, so we would go Thursday night, leave Orange County Thursday night, drive down, get to our hotel Thursday night, stay here Friday, Saturday, Sunday, leave Monday or Tuesday, never Sunday. We're either leaving Monday or Tuesday. That would happen, like I said, at least six to seven times a year, and most of those trips are done in the summertime. Cause I love Vegas in the summer. I love going to the pool parties, and you guys know me, I love taking my shirt off. So, so that was a usual thing, and what we would do is we had this room we loved. We used to go to this hotel, it's called Elara. Now I believe it's, uh, it's called Hilton Grand Vacation. So it's like literally inside Planet Hollywood, and it's a, but it's its own hotel. And it's like the hidden gem of Vegas, because I don't think a lot of people know how sick that hotel is. They have the sickest fucking rooms there. They got drop screen, uh, moving screen in there. And me and my boys, we love going to this fucking place. So there was this one trip we went, like I said, we got the Thursday night. And the first thing we would do is go to this place called Fat Tuesdays. The best daiquiri you're ever going to have in your life. And it was our number one thing to do right when we get to Vegas because it's nice and hot. And you want to go get this. So I don't know if you know what a daiquiri is. It's kind of like a slushy with alcohol in it. And this is like it's like the best drink. 
get put a couple shots in it get your blood going and ready to fucking party and usually i would do that and then go hit the poker tables or um yeah, usually it's gonna go straight to the poker too. And I was a big poker player, and just until recently I stopped playing. But I love poker, I'll still play, you know, when, if ever things ever get normal again. But um, I, that was my go-to go things, go straight to poker table right when I get here. And um, just, man, it just brings back so many memories. So that's how we would start the weekend. And the next day we would go to go to a nightclub and there's so many options in Vegas, so many good nightclubs. And go go there and I, I, I know a lot of people so I usually get us a hookup on a bottle and or we would just go inside see if there's any girls and try to pull them back to the hotel. And believe it or not, I've had, I haven't had the greatest experience pulling girls out of a nightclub. I've had better experience pulling girls out of a strip club. And like I said, that's where you're supposed to spend money and I never do. And I, but the thing is, the hottest chicks are at the strip club, not the fucking nightclub. And I'm sure it's even worse these days. Like I'm saying before the even coronavirus. Less, there was less girls that were going out. Now they're all on Instagram showing their ass online and probably just going to guys' houses. But this was before all that shit. And so we would just, you know, find the night, nightclub and, you know, have some drinks, hang out. And I always have my fucking coke, bust up my lines, have, have it with me all the time. Big, big, big on coke and drinking. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it because that's what it was all about. Drinking, doing blow, and fucking girls. And that's, that's, that's what it, my biggest, and gambling. So, um, so on this trip, like, you know, that was our routine. Go to the uh, strip club. So we went to the nightclub. That one night was pretty weak that we went out. And then the next time, I'm like, all right, we're going to go to the strip club. And I, I, like I said, I always meet these girls. So I met this girl, and these girls would think like I'm like a rock star or whatever. And then I would just play along. So when we were, we went to a strip club called Sapphire, and this girl was like, "Oh, are you like a musician?" And I, when I'm in Vegas, I'm like, "Yeah, whatever you want me. To be. Yeah, I'm a musician." Okay, so. And I wouldn't want to tell them my social media. I really, actually, even till today, I'm not the type to go out when I'm just being with my friends. To be like, hey, this is who I am. Look me up. I don't give a fuck. Because I don't need that to help me pull girls. I don't need them to go see my social media. I'm going to pull them just with my personality. That's true game. That's true game. You could ask anyone that knows me. I don't go around saying, look at me, I'm fucking shallow king. No. If they start talking to me and they start asking me, I'll say, yeah, here's my social media, you know? But, um, yeah, so this night was a Saturday night. We went to the strip club called Sapphire. And this girl's like, oh, you a musician? I'm like, yeah, I'm a musician. And she's like, oh, you're so hot. And, um... You know, I, I, I never seen someone uh, so good looking as you. Um, where are you from? I'm like, from California. She just started talking to me. She's like, yeah, I was on this reality show. And it was, uh, I was like, I, it was, I don't know if you guys remember this. It was pretty old. It's like 2000. 
2010, I think, around that time frame. No, 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 it was probably 2008. Um, yeah, and it was called Rock of Love. It was on VH1, and this chick, her name was Frenchie. So you could go look her up. She's not anything special, some blonde bitch. Big tits, not any, she wasn't like hot, hot. She's whatever, dude. And she was just jocking me, and I'm fucked up. And she's like, Yeah, you should come over to my place. I get off at this time. And I was like, I was like, All right, well, I was like, Yeah, we're partying right now. So it was like me and my brother, my, my boy Ryan, and one of my brother's friends. And so she's keep hounding me and I told him, I was like, oh dude, this girl wants me to come to her house. And I was like, do you guys have, do you have any friends for my, my, my people? And she's like, no. She's like, I just want you to come. I was like, all right. Well, I was like, I'll let you know. I was like, I'll, I'll come tomorrow. Because my plan is, you know, I want to hit the strip club and go gamble. I'm not, I'm not going to run to no bitch. Okay, that's, that's my personality. You guys know how I am. So I was like, I'll hit you up tomorrow, you know? So she, so then I hit her up. We, so this was Saturday night. We, after that, we went and gambled. I played some poker. I don't remember how much money I won, but it was a, I usually do pretty good, like on those Vegas trips. Um, and the next day we went to the pool party and the pool party we would go to at that time, it was at Hard Rock Pools called Rehab. And so we went there and um, believe it or not, when I get there, I see Rampage, Rampage Jackson, former UFC champion. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck are you doing here? He's like, yeah, he's like, uh, this was like, oh, dude, you know when this was? This was right when he lost his belt to Forrest Griffin. So if you guys follow the UFC, he was a champion around this time and he lost the belt to Forrest Griffin. It was that weekend. And this was also the... The, I remember this weekend vividly because I hung out the Rampage at the pool party. And Rampage is also from Orange County. So I would see him all the time out at the clubs in Newport Beach. And we'd hit party. And so he, when he went back home, um, which was I believe Monday, it was either that Monday or Tuesday, he got... Uh, there's a or you could look it up there's it was a big deal at the time I don't know if you guys remember but he like hit someone he was driving I don't know he was drunk what he what I don't know, remember the full details. you could go back and look it up but he did something he got arrested and it was a big ass story he had lost the bell he was being you know they said he had too many energy drinks aka i don't know what he was i don't know to be honest he he never did any coke with me so i don't know if he did do it or not um i don't know if he's into that but something happened he got arrested and then dana went and bailed him out so but i just remember all everything that happened that weekend and that week so it was pretty crazy yeah so then like you know i was like dude let's he had a cabana there at the pool party so like yeah I was like, let me pull some bitches over here. And I found these two hot-ass fitness chicks. So, you know, like, what I think is hot are girls that work out. So if they got a fit body, fat ass, nice abs, dude, that's, like, that's gold to me. So I got these girls, these two little white girls over there. And he was happy. And we were just partying, drinking. I got fucked up. 
and um, we went and hung out later that night. Um, th these girls rampage one of rampage's friends. Some dude, he was like, he had money, man. I don't know what the fuck he was doing, but we went to this nightclub called Body English, and we were partying there for a little bit. And then I went without like my my uh, my brothers and my friend um, because I was like, that's how I am doing in Vegas. I'm kind of a loose cannon. So, um, so to, to move along, get it moving along here, because there's so many memories, guys. I'm trying to uh, put all this, this big, all these events into a story here for you. But, um, so we would, I went over there, and then the next day, that was like uh, Sunday night, and we were supposed to leave Monday. So, that girl that I met at the strip club, Frenchie, she was, you know, keep texting me. When are you going to come? Sending me naked pics. I swear to God, guys, I ain't lying. And I'm like, sometimes, dude, when a girl does that, I don't know about you, but to me, it seems too easy. And even if I don't fuck her, I felt like I already fucked her because she's begging me to come over. And I swear, she was sending me naked pics. I was showing my boy. And I was showing Ryan. I was showing my brother. Like, Look at this chick, dude. And they're like, um... They're just laughing, like, dude, you want to go over there? I was like, yeah. I was like, do you guys mind? So this, like I said, Monday, we're about before we go home. So I was like, let's stop by her place. And they came with me, and they went. She lived in, like, these apartment complex. So we went over there, and they went to the pool, and I went to her room, to her apartment. And just straight up, like, no, no talking. She's just on the bed, straight up on the fuck. And I'm like... It's kind of hard, like I said, to get into it because I'm like, damn, that's too easy. And I like to get a little bit of foreplay before we just go straight into that. So, okay, so I'm just like, all right, let's get it over with. And then at the same time, like, dude, why would I come here? But like I said, um, when you're drinking, you're partying, you're not thinking, like, all right, let me go fuck this bitch. It was, but when I think about it now, I kind of went there like it was a chore, you know, which is weird. You should want to go fuck someone. But like I said, when it's so easy, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, whatever. But I guess I just want to add that. In those days, I used to think, I want to add a another notch to my belt. So I could say I fucked another one and add tally up that number so I could say it's 150 whatever. I don't even know what it is. It's definitely over 100 chicks. But uh, so basically just got on the bed, do the business. And I'm sorry to say this to you guys. You probably don't want to hear. It's probably too much information. But her shit stinks so bad. And I was like, God damn it. I knew I shouldn't have fucking came here. <laughs> So it was like the worst sex ever and she bugged the shit out of me. Oh my god. I didn't even enjoy fucking her. I swear to you. She was texting me non-stop after that. I went home. I'm still getting texts. She's like, why don't you call me? I'm like ignoring her. And then I, I just got to the point because she kept sending me messages and and text messages of her naked and pictures and I'm just like dude can you stop and it was like after I swear to God like a week or two straight she kept doing it I'm like I'm not interested I'm back home I don't live there stop texting me so 
that was just one of my random, you know, that, those were like my typical Vegas trips. So now, let me tell you about the greatest and craziest trip of all time. So this trip, this happened in July of, oh man, I think it was, it might have been a year after that, 2009, yes. And same thing, we rented a car, packed our shit, I usually bring one suitcase with me, I didn't even bring a suitcase, I always bring a Louis Vuitton duffel bag, put all my shit in there, it was me, again, it was Ryan, and my brother Yama, my middle brother, and one of my, and my brother's friend, oh no, I'm sorry, no, my brother was not there, it was my, me, Ryan, my friend Paul, and one of Paul's friends, his name was, uh, God, I forgot his name, so it was four of us, okay, so we get in the Lexus Thursday night, hot July, perfect for Vegas, we head down, and this is when the seed was implanted into my mind about living in Vegas, because Paul, his dad, lived in Las Vegas, and at that time, I had no aspirations of living in Las Vegas, but because I didn't even know that, you know, I don't know if you guys think like this, but a lot of people do, they think of Las Vegas as just the strip. They don't know that there's a residential area in Las Vegas. And I had no clue about the residential area. So when Paul said, hey, we're going to go stay at my dad's house. And so we don't have to pay for a hotel. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, let's do it. So we went to his dad's house. And I'm like thinking, oh, his dad's house is going to be like behind fucking Caesar's Palace or something. But... When we get there, it's in a nice residential area, super quiet, super clean. And right when I saw the area, I'm like, damn, this could be a fucking place to live. I cannot believe Vegas has such a nice area like this. You just would never think people were just living like normal in Las Vegas. But it was completely away from the strip. And it was just a normal suburban uh a normal community and so we went there to his house and I met his dad, his dad was pretty cool and we just pre-game there, cut up my lines, have a couple shots, we get ready, we change, put our clothes on, get all fresh and then we would hit up the strip and um, there was a, I think a UFC fight was going on that weekend and this is going to blow your brains out how crazy this weekend was. We go, we went out to MGM and at that, it was like later on that night. So we went there, of course, starts off by playing poker. And then we got ready. We went back to his dad's place, got ready again, went back to the hotel to go to the nightclub. We're walking in the casino and Paul, he's kind of a, he's a funny character. He brought a stack of ones, so we're saying like a stack of maybe $500 of $1 bills. And then he put a hundred on each end, so it looked like a stack of hundreds. And he, he's kind of a, remember guys, I'm the leader of the crew, so 
like this dude he doesn't have confidence like I do he doesn't have game like I do so he needs that stack to try to attract the girls you know what I'm saying so he's carrying a stack trying to attract girls and attention to me I think it's hilarious and we're walking in MGM ground you're not gonna believe this I'm walking and I see my wife so not my wife at the time so ultimate Barbie we didn't even know each other at that time. I knew her from social media, from MySpace, and I was an acquaintance of her boyfriend. But I was not friends with either one of them, but they knew who I am, I knew who they were. And I wish I could go back on MySpace to find the comments that we left each other when we both saw each other that weekend but we didn't say anything to each other in person but we both said something to each other on social media so it's kinda crazy my future wife was there at the craziest weekend of my life and she was there with her boyfriend at the time so I, like I said at the time I she was hot I didn't like I didn't have any um, uh, any anything in my mind thinking I'm gonna hook up with her we're gonna talk about this story this is a whole podcast of how me and her met and my how I used to talk to her uh, ex-boyfriend and but at this time I had no feelings for her I thought she was a good-looking girl I had no aspirations of hooking up with her nothing nothing at this time so um, so we went to, so I saw her, whatever, like I said, this wasn't planned. She was in Vegas with her boyfriend. Just a big coincidence. So that's it. So I just saw her. I just wanted to tell you guys. It was kind of crazy. So we were, we, we saw them. Then we went to the nightclub. Nightclub whack as usual. What? Nightclubs are pretty fucking lame. And that nightclub was, it was a... Uh, a nightclub in the MGM. Then after that, we went to the night. This nightclub at this was one of my favorite nightclubs, and of course, it's gone. It was a nightclub at um, the Mirage. It was called the Jet Nightclub, J E T. Now it's gone, but it was such a sick nightclub because they had a main dance room, and then they had four four sub rooms around the dance the main dance room so the main dance room would for example have like top 40 and then like they'd have another room would be, be hip-hop and they have another room that would be like rock or whatever and they'd have different music in each room with a different DJ I never seen a, a, a nightclub like that it's such a unique nightclub and I can't believe they got changed it I don't know I think the operating cost was too high and that's why it didn't last but um yeah, so we, we went there. It was good, right? I think I hooked up with some girl in the nightclub and, like, made out with her. Nothing special. Like, guys, I'm too picky, man. Like, I never went out and, like, find these girls that are, like, amazing. It's very rare, you know? So we did that, went there, and then that was, um, that was Friday night. Went uh, after that, and I, I'd be doing all-nighters, man, because I'm doing coke, and... When you're on coke, you just feel like Superman. You never get tired. That's why I loved it. Like, you just be up. You could sleep, like, two hours. And when you're in Vegas, like, on a trip, like, party trip, you don't want to sleep. Sleep's wasting your time. So I, like, barely slept, dude. Those days of... 
those like couple nights I'm there, I'm trying to enjoy every minute of it. So I just, so like Saturday night, we went to that after the nightclub. I went to go gamble a little bit and then I went straight to a strip club. And I went to a strip club by the, and sometimes my friends, they're p pussies, you know, they can't hang. And they'd be like in the hotel sleeping and I'm at one party. And everyone's like, where's Matt? Where the fuck do you think Matt is? I'm fucking partying, I'm not a little bitch. So I went to a strip club, God, what was it called? Um, not Spearmint Rhino, well the main place I would go to, Spearmint Rhino Sapphire, but this was another club. I didn't really go there too much. Um, it's called Olympic Gardens, yeah. So this was a, it was a decent nightclub. I would strip club. I would kind of switch it up in those days, go to different strip clubs, just try to find someone I like. It was whatever. Like I would have girls come in and, man, I I'm not playing with you guys. These girls would come in and be like, "You're hot," and I just start talking to them. And I'm just real, you know. When I'm talking to a girl, I don't like try to like fake anything or try to be like over the top and pressure them. I'm just talking to them. If you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. I don't give a fuck. And that's what girls like, you know? But when you're, when you're good looking, that just helps you close the deal. But you gotta have the personality to go with it. So the girl will just be talking and she'll be like, oh, do you want to dance? So I'm like, no, I'm good. And then she's like, why not? You don't think I'm hot? I'm like, no. I was like, it's nothing to do about you not being hot. I, I, I refuse to pay. And I'm not going to pay you $20 to get blue balls. So she's like, come on. She's like, all right, well, how about I give you one? And I was like, for free. I was like, it's like yeah, if you fucking want to. So she's giving me a lap dance for free. And she's like, well, now you got to give me one. And I'm like, all right, I'll hook you up. So I'm giving her a lap dance. Have you ever seen a guy give a chick a lap dance? <laughs> so I'm like basically on her lap giving her a lap dance. So um, it was pretty funny. And then she wanted to hook up. And it's like I said, back to the mentality of it just seems too easy. I like a little bit of a challenge. And that's why the girl that I used to date in those days, I liked her so much because we would keep breaking up and I liked the challenge of chasing her. And, and men, us men, we just have that alpha DNA. We like the chase. We like to look, try to chase the girls and conquer them. Not when it's given to you like on a plate so easily. You want to work a little bit. And that was, that was the things I like the, like the challenge to really spit some game at them. Um, so yeah, so that was that. And then I would usually go back to the hotel like fucking 10 a.m. And I'd bust in through the door and take a nap, power nap. Like two hours, I'm good. Um, and then my friends are up. You'd go grab lunch. And they'd be all fucked up. And I'm like, dude, I was, you guys got like a full night's sleep. I didn't even get any sleep. And I got more energy than you. And I already got a beer in my hand. And I'm just up after two hours. So we would have lunch. And I would try to eat a little bit. Because the more food you eat the more tired you get. So when I'm like fasting essentially, I'm just drinking liquor and I'm just doing blow, it just keeps, I just have so much energy. It's amazing. And um, uh, like I said, I haven't done that type of party in years, you know? So uh, these, are, these are the good old days. 
So that we was then the next day, like I said, we grabbing lunch and we were chilling and I said, let's go to the pool party. We hit the pool party a couple hours over there. Same thing and you know, in the sun's beautiful sunny day. So that's the game when you're at the nightclub. You bring girls in, have fun with them, kick them out, bring a new set of girls in, and the bouncer helps you out. And it's it's fun. If you've never had bottle service, you got to do it at least once. I know it's expensive, but save your money and go have fun. Do it. You should do a Vegas trip at least once a year and do it big. But I've done it hundreds of times. And maybe if you come out here sometime, maybe I'll let you come with me. I don't do it as often as I would like to anymore. But um, when I do do it, we go. We always do it big. But yeah, so we got we got smashed. We were hammered, dude. Beyond hammered, smashed out of our minds. Left the nightclub, and we're like, let's go to Caesars. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna go, you know, gamble and. So I should I should have no business gambling. I should have been in bed and me and we're all fucked up, right? So we go to Caesars and I'm like, alright, well let me just I'm like, I don't even play roulette, but I'm so fucked up. I'm like, well, this is the easiest thing to play. I don't have to really use my brain. So I'm like, pull out my wallet, I got a thousand bucks. I'm like, alright, I'm gonna put a thousand dollars on black. And my friends are like, yeah, yeah, let's go, you know, all, all hyped up. And the, 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 the dealer spins the ball, and it lands on red. And I'm like, what the fuck? I got a basically a 50-50 shot at this. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to pull out another 1000 bucks. So I go to the ATM, boom, took out another 1000 Alright, I was like, let's put it on red this time. Alright, so I put it on red. Dealer throws the ball. It goes to black. And I'm like, fucking pissed now. And I'm yelling, and then my friends are like, alright, maybe we should go, Matt. And then I'm like, nah, fuck this. So I go back to the ATM. I pull another $1,000 out. So now I'm $2,000 in, another $1,000 out, now I'm $3,000 I'm possibly going to lose here. So I go, okay, I'm going to put now another $1,000, okay, let's go right again. Goes, uh, the dealer throws the ball, and it goes on black. I'm livid at this point. I'm like screaming. I'm pounding the, the table. I'm calling the dealer a motherfucking, motherfucking him all over the place. My friends are like, they're fucked up. Remember, we're all fucked up. But they're like, dude, like, you know, they're like waking up because they're seeing what's going on here. And I'm like, maybe we should go, man. Let's go, let's go. And I'm like, no. Fuck that. And I'm like yelling. I'm like, I'm taking another fucking thousand dollars out. I'm getting my money back. And now it's like, this is the thing with gambling. It's dangerous. When you get into a hole, now it's not about winning. Now it's about breaking even is getting your money back. So now I'm $3,000 in the hole. And I'm back at the ATM pulling another thousand out of my bank account. So now we are... $4,000 in, I have $1,000, I'm hoping that I can double this 1000 to 2 and then double it again and break even. That's my goal. All I need to do is hit once, so I got 1000 let me hit once, 
Now I got two and then I'll put two on a color and then I'll double up and I'll leave. That's the plan. So my friend, I'm telling my friend, this won't, I'm going to get it. All I need is two shots. So I'm like, all right, let's go black. $1,000 on black. Dealers throws a ball and it spins. And that spin to me felt like 10 years. So the wheel's spinning, spinning, and there it goes. Lands on red. So now I am $4,000 in the hole. And you know how quick this happened? This happened in a matter of 10 minutes. I just lost $4,000. I am beyond pissed. So pissed is not even the right word. I don't even, I can't even explain it how angry I was. I went straight, you guys aren't even going to believe this. I went to the table that we're playing at. And I tried to tip the table over, but because of roulette machines, like on top of it, it, it won't move, really. So then I go, and there's a blackjack table right next to it, and I completely tip the whole fucking table over. And everyone's, like, looking at me, obviously, in the casino, and I'm like, fuck, this place this is a scam. You guys are, you know, scammy and stole my money. And I'm, like, going insane. And security comes, but I have the casino host there, so casino host tells security, you know, back up, back up off of him. And I, that's, I'm getting treated like royalty, and I'm fucking this place up because they know I spent money there, and they don't care. They want to kiss my ass and allow me to keep playing so I can keep spending my money. But luckily, my friends grabbed me, and, you know, they're like, dude, we're going to go. And they grabbed me, and they took me. And thank God that they did do that because, guys, that could have been bad. I could have just dumped my whole money, my savings, my whole bank account right there because I was not even thinking. I was not in the right state of mind. And you got to remember, I told you guys earlier that after my dad died, I was very emotionally unstable like during those days. This is before you guys knew me. This was years ago. This is before Instagram. This is like MySpace time. I was a maniac. And it was, it was a, a culmination of a lot of stress and not having my dad around. And, you know, that's what caused me to be such a, a maniac. So I was pretty crazy. And that was probably, I've had some pretty bad gambling losses we'll talk about that another time that's a again a podcast where it's a, we can go on and on but i gotta keep this short guys because we're already going over an hour here but um so let's talk about what happened after so we we went back to the hotel we chilled out and um after that i went to bed okay so we woke up the next day, and this is going to be our last day in Vegas because my friends need to go home. They need to go to work on Monday. I don't have to go to work because I've always been my own boss since I was 21. So I was like, all right, whatever, we'll go home Sunday night. Typically, we go back home Monday, Tuesday, but this was a situation. They, all of them had to go back to work. So... Uh, 
We're always on the trip with the strip club trip. So that's the last place we go before we go home. And my buddy goes, uh, hey, my dad, Paul, my buddy Paul goes, my dad texted me. He said, we can go to Crazy Horse 2. And I'm like, Crazy Horse 2, never heard of that. And at the time, I had never heard of that strip club. But Crazy Horse 2, and it's spelled T-O-O. It's one of the, it's the most iconic strip club in the history of Las Vegas. And at that time, I had no idea. That club in those days was owned by a guy named Rick Mazzola. He was a mafia. Um, he had ties to the mafia. And he had uh, celebrities coming in there. Robert De Niro, George Clooney. It was the hot spot. That was a go-to strip club. And Paul's dad has a key to the back of the strip club for us to get go through the back entrance. And I'm not even, like, like I said, I had no idea this strip club, the history of this place. All I'm thinking is, how the fuck does your dad have a key to a strip club? And I asked him, like, how does he have a key? He's like, I have no idea. He's like, you just told me I have a key for you guys to go there. Just go through the back room. They're going to take care of you. So I'm like, well, fuck yeah, we're going to go. So we get ready and, you know, takes me forever to do my hair. I'm always the last one to be done. We got a limo to come pick us up. We leave in the limo. We go to the strip club and we tell the limo driver, go around the back. He's like, go around the back. He, I'm like, yes, go around the back and shut up. Go and drop us off. So he drops around, around the back and it's like basically facing a dark alley. And there's no security there. There's nobody standing there. There's no lights. And I'm like, bro, is, are you sure we're going to go through this back door? He said, yeah, that's what he said. I'm like, all right, let's go. So he takes, we go to the back door. He puts the key in. He goes, let's see if it works. He, and I remember this so vividly. It was such an amazing night. He puts the key in. The door opens. And as soon as the door opens, we hear someone come up and go. And I'm thinking, they're going to be like, who the fuck are you guys? You know? And a guy comes up and he's like, oh, hello, sir. How are you guys doing today? Uh, please follow me. Let me get you a seat. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he's shaking. He shakes Paul's hand because Paul was the one with the key. Shake, shook his hand. And he comes to me, shakes my hand. How are you, sir? My name is Jonathan from Crazy Horse 2. Thank you for visiting us tonight. If you need anything, I'll be glad to get it for you. And I'm like, wow, this is some great service. So he follows us. Uh, we follow him. He uh, has us sit at this beautiful table. And he goes, what can I get you guys uh, to drink? And I'm like, uh, I'll take a vodka Red Bull. My, one of my friends order whatever. He goes, would you like any um, cigars or cigarettes? I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll give us all cigars. So uh, he's like, no problem, sir. He comes back with the cigars for everyone. And he, I'd even ask for bottle service. He put a bottle of vodka on the table. He brought me like five Red Bulls and a, and a nice glass. And then a waitress came that looks like a stripper. And she's pouring my drink for me. And I'm like, and he walks away. They didn't give us a check, nothing. We got everything on the house. Like, this was the best service I ever seen in my life. So we're chilling there having a good time, smoking our cigars, I'm drinking my drink, it's amazing, and man, this is making me want to party right now, I don't want to think about these days, these are some the best days of my life, these party times, but, so we're chilling there, having a good time, 
and looking I've, and I've been broke guys I've been in so many strip clubs this every any strip club you can name I've been there all of them I've been there and usually at a strip club I, like we're talking Matthew Klein catered level hot maybe maybe if I'm get lucky I'll see one on my level and that would be one out of ten visits to a strip club I might see one that's a Matthew Klein cater level huh and some I have they're cute whatever you know and at this strip club crazy horse too oh my god we saw Matthew Klein cater level hotness all over the place all over the place it was unbelievable and in my opinion I saw the baddest of the baddest and let me say this my wife I think she's a bad 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 bitch because that's my level so if you want to know my level look at her so this girl's a level like my wife she's blonde she's five foot slender she has braid this chick got braided hair uh, double D's she kind of looked like a young Jenna Jameson she was fucking amazing so she comes up to me and I see her we just made eye contact and she comes up to me and she goes what's up and she sits on my lap and she's like she's like what's up what are you doing here where are you from I'm, like, I'm from California she's like you're fucking hot and she grabs me by my neck and she pushes me to her face and starts kissing me. I'm like, what the fuck? You're like, and I'm like, but I'm into it because she was so hot. And I never see girls like my level of hotness because I'm so picky. And I was into it. And she's just, we start chit-chatting a little bit. Like, how long are you out here for? I'm like, oh, this is our last night. We're going home. She's like, oh, we better make the most out of it then. And she's like, let's go to the back room. I'm like, nah. I was like, I don't go to the back room. I don't pay. I was like, no offense. You're fucking hot. But I'm not going to pay for like VIP lap dance in the back for 150 bucks or whatever it is. And she's like, shut the fuck up. And then I thought she's getting combative. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Who do you think you're talking to? I was like, you shut the fuck up. She's like, you shut the fuck up. I'm like, what? You better get the fuck out of here. So then she grabs me by my arm, pulls me up and says, let's go. I'm like, is this bitch trying to hustle me? Like, what the fuck? She's coming at me with some different energy right now. And I'm like, I'm not paying for the lap dance. Like, dude, I'm not going back there. I told her, like, okay, this chick's trying to hustle me. So she's like, shut up now and go. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go. If she tries to maybe gets me to pay, I ain't paying shit. So then we go. I go in the back with her and it's this like dark little room and I don't know if you guys ever been to a back room of a strip club they got these like kind of like lounge chairs in there and it was nice you know it was like very private so and she's wearing like this you know tiny triangle top uh, bikini and she has like these chains like this sexy like chain around her waist and she's wearing these six inch stilettos just hot 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 and she jumps on my lap and she starts take she takes her top off and she's like feel them I'm like all right so I'm like feeling them and she starts making out with me and then I'm like fingering her in the in the 
in the fucking VIP room, like getting raunchy, dude. And she just, we're just like making out. And she's like, I'm in love with you. I'm like, I love you. And it's like, it's escalating really fast. <laughs> and she's like saying, she's in love with me. And I'm telling I'm in love with her. I was like, let's get married. She's like, let's get married. I'm like, all right, let's fucking do it. So she's like, do you want to go now? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to go now. So I go back. She's like, all right, well, let me get ready and get my clothes on. I'll meet you out front. She's like, give me your number, and I'll text you when I'm in, uh, in, in the front waiting for you. I was like, all right, sounds good. So, uh, like, so we were there. We were in the back for like 20, 30 minutes. So I come back out to my, with my friends, sit at the table. She goes to their dressing room to get ready. And they're like, what ha they're like, what what happened? Did you pay? I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Did I pay? Of course I didn't fucking pay. And because they were kind of like the way she was behaving, like, what is she trying to hustle me? You know? And I, I like they thought I fell for it. Like, motherfuckers, I never get hustled. So because they those fools have got hustled like that. So that's what they thought. So I'm sitting there, we're talking. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to bounce, guys. What do you like? What do you mean you're gonna bounce? I'm like. We're about to go get married, and then we're going to go to her house, and I'm going to stay there with them. And they're all looking at me like I've fucking lost my mind. I did too much coke or something. And I'm like dead serious because I like this chick so much. She was so fucking hot. And they're like, what are you talking about, bro? He's like, we're leaving like in an hour or two and going home. Are you going to be back by then? I'm like, nah, I ain't going to be back. And they're like, well, how are you going to get home? I was like, don't worry about how I'm going to get home. You guys go home. You guys got to go to work. I don't got to go to work. I can do whatever the fuck I want. So they're like, Matt, come on. And I'm like, dude, get, are you guys like my mom? Like, get off my dick. I was like, I'm a grown man. I'll be fine. So we, I sat with them for like, I don't know, 20 minutes waiting for her to get ready. Had a couple more drinks or some more girls were coming around our table. But I wanted that girl. This girl, um, this girl was so fucking hot. And her, her stripper name was Fire. And she was definitely fucking Fire. So I'm waiting for Fire. And believe it or not, till this day, I don't even remember her real name. I just remember fire. So she texts me that she's waiting out front for me. So I tell my friends I'm out, peace. I tell them I need to get my bag out of your car. I go to my friend's car, get my Louis Vuitton bag with all my shit in it, and I bounce. Straight up bounce, went in her cab, and she's like, are we going to the wedding chapel? And I, at this point thinking, like, do I really want to get married or want to go fuck? So I'm like, I want to go fuck. So I was like, I didn't say that to her, but I said, well, let's just go to your place. Right? I didn't even say I don't want to go to the wedding chapel, so I didn't know if she's going to get mad. So I'm like, let's just go to your place. She's like, okay, is that, what, is that what you want? I was like, that's what I want. So I was like, all right. And then so we went to her place, and she lived in a nice little uh, community. She had a nice apartment. And um, we walked up to her apartment, got in the house, smelled good. She's like, really? She had those incense, the, a nice aroma. And I'm sitting there, she's like, you want to have a drink? Let's have a drink. And we do a couple of lines. I'm doing some lines off of her body. Fucking perfect body. And just, then it, you know, we started getting into it. She's, suck my dick, dude, the best. This was the best sex I ever had. And it was just going off. I remember that night, like, I still remember it. And I fucking came inside her, and I thought... 
that she's gonna probably be pregnant now and I'm like dude that was stupid and the next day I was thinking about it but it was the best sex I ever had I spent the night there and then the next day she was like do you want to stay again or you want to go you're gonna go home I was like yeah I gotta go home because I had my business so I was like I gotta go now you know it's Monday and I'm kind of now not drunk and coked out of my mind so I'm, I'm kind of thinking more level-minded I was like, I'll hit you up, though. I, I did like her, you know, so I thought maybe I'll come back and see her. But I went back home, and like typical strippers, a lot of strippers that I've hooked up with, they're just crazy in the head, dude. Because they're that to be a stripper, man, it's a fucked up job because you're always grinding up on guys, and guys are using you, quote-unquote. That's what they think. So... I don't know, she thought I used her or whatever. I did like her a lot. I meant it. But, you know, she got a little bit jealous through some text messages. I, when I came back home, I did fuck this shit. And that's the one thing with my, my wife is that she's a, everything I like. She's the baddest bitch ever. And the best thing on top of that, she's not jealous. She doesn't have that jealousy trait in her. So that's what always has made everything work with us because she's confident. So that's, you know, that's what you want in a woman. You want to have the best physical, you know, appearance. And then they got to have that stability behind it because if they donate, it ain't ever going to work. I don't care how hot the chick is. So you guys will go through that. You'll find your chick like that too one day. And um, yeah, so dude, that was my, my greatest Vegas trip. Um, so when I came back home, I, I got a, I just went to the airport. I caught a flight, called my friends. You're I'm home. They're like, dude, you got a, you just came back on a plane. I was like, yeah, what you think, son? I was like, I ain't no punk ass like you. And they were just like, this story is like legendary, like within my friends. So this is the first time I'm sharing it with you guys. And I'll definitely have Ryan come on the podcast and I'll talk to him about it and you could he'll validate everything I just said um, he, he'll even tell you some of the stories I did even mention and I just talked about a lot of stuff but I'm trying to compact about over 15 years of partying to you guys so um, so yeah man so that was my those are my party uh, experiences that was my best Vegas trip of all time and in 2013, I moved to my fucking favorite city, and now I live here in Las Vegas. And, you know, right now it sucks that things are not the same right now with the coronavirus, so you can't even party if I wanted to. And I always, at least once a year in the summer, I go hard like that. But those events cannot be replicated just because of where I was in my life at that time. So... I cannot try to bring it to the, that level. If it happens, it happens. But I was just in a different place. I was a different person. But I still go hard. But it sucks. I feel like I'm not going to get that party this year. Just because everything's fucked up with all the coronavirus shit. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. We will be back next week with episode number 5. And we will be discussing aliens. And I'm going to give you guys my theory on 
what's going to happen with this fake alien invasion that we're going to have. I'm going to talk about how the world is going to be transitioning from a faith-based world to a science-based world. And all of you are going to fall for it. And I hope my listeners are not because I hope I'm going to educate you guys enough to see past all of this. But you remember this. Everything these people do that control the media is done in stages and they get you by getting their celebrities and their entertainers to go with it first and then all the sheep follow after that. So we're going to talk about all this stuff and I'm going to tell you if I really believe in aliens or not. But this podcast is going to be really based on a fake alien invasion that they will put into effect within the next 10 years. So, can't wait to talk about that. Um, Please subscribe. Please download. Please give us a review. All that stuff helps the podcast. So, please do that. And if you have any questions or anything, send me a message on Instagram. I always try to look at my DMs and, and reply back to my fans. I love you guys. You guys are the best. You can do it. Be positive. Get shit done. Let's go. Real world champion. I'm out.